0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit IBM.com slash Watson Assistant.
1: You better head to a bar, have several devices or get your thumb ready because this is setting up to be another epic sports night. And we're setting the table by taking you live to where the action is. In Houston, Yankees looking to advance to another day with the Dodgers in the World Series. In Milwaukee, the best player in the world, going head-to-head with the player out to beat him out for MVP in less than an hour on ESPN. And in Philly, they've waited and they've trusted. And tonight, the Sixers faithful get their first look at the process. There's a look. That's tonight's 6 at 6, including later on a look back at Lonzo's opening night and a rough road ahead for the Rook. But we start the best 60 minutes of your day with the Yankees being a win away from knocking off back-to-back 100-win teams from the regular season and getting back to the World Series before any of the core four gets into Cooperstown. Let that sink in. But before baseball purists start dreaming about another edition of Dodgers-Yankees, for what it's worth, four of the last five teams to take a 3-2 lead after falling behind 0-2, actually went on to lose the series. And all four that lost had to play games 6 and 7 on the road. Buster Oni is in the house, and so is Justin Verlander. He is on the hill. He said so himself. Houston got him for games like this. He's got a one ERA over his last 10 postseason starts dating to the 2012 ALDS Buster and he's won three straight starts in which his team was facing postseason elimination. And, of course, coming off that 13K, one-earned complete game, Jim, in game two. So, Buster, how did the Yankees get to him tonight?
2: You wonder, Michael, if they're going to go with that old Pedro Martinez rope-a-dope strategy. You remember when they would face Boston and Pedro at that time, they would work the count. They'd foul off pitches They'd work to get Pedro out of the game and then get to the bullpen. And in a lot of respects, it's the same dynamic with the Astros and their bullpen. It hasn't been as strong. So the sooner you get Verlander out, obviously, from the Yankee perspective, the better. It was very interesting. I was in the Astros' clubhouse after they lost game five. How many of their players injected Verlander into their answers when they were saying, yeah, we might have lost three straight here, but we got the big dog going in game six. Joe Girardi said of Verlander a few minutes ago, he's a bulldog, he's a fighter, he loves this. He really loves this kind of stage.
1: You can foul off all the pitches you want through 124 in game two. So 11 times a charm buster, an 11-1 win powered by three homers from Enrique Hernandez ended the Dodgers' drought of 10 postseason trips in 29 years without a World Series appearance. Perk Gibson is one of my earliest baseball memories, and 88 feels like yesterday to me. It doesn't feel like a long time, but a lot's happened since the Dodgers last made it to the World Series. You had the White Sox, Red Sox, and Cubs all in title curses. You had the Marlins. They came along in 93, and they've won two World Series. And then the Yankees, who are seeking their 41st appearance in the World Series, have won five fall classics since the Dodgers last claimed the National League pennant. So, Buster, who provides the tougher matchup for the Dodgers And would L.A. be the favorite regardless in the World Series?
2: Michael, I think the Yankees would because their bullpen is so deep. The Yankees' bullpen reminds you of those Kansas City Royal bullpens in 2014, 2015. I think if anybody's going to beat the Dodgers, that's going to be needed. But I had a conversation with Jose Altuve, the Astros' second baseman, a little while ago, and he mentioned, look, whoever comes out of this series, they've had to fight for their lives. The Yankees playing the wild card game to advance against Cleveland, then playing a winner-take-all game against Cleveland. They'd have to beat Verlander here tonight. And if the Astros come through this series, as Altuve said, they would have had to fight for their lives. And to this point, the Dodgers have had kind of an easy ride through October, Michael.
1: All right, only with the latest from Houston. We appreciate it, man. Chris Paul uh, could miss two to four weeks, speaking of Houston, with a bruised left knee. Uh, he'll sit out a second straight game. And missed Saturday's home opener against the Mavs, and the Rockets are listing him as day-to-day. He didn't finish the Warriors game, and he missed the win over the Kings on Wednesday. Woj's sources tell him that the Rockets have been calling around about available point guards, and Chris Haynes mentions Jameer Nelson in particular. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski uh, joins me now. Uh, how serious do the Rockets believe Chris Paul's injury is, Woj? Uh,
3: Michael, not serious at all. This is precautionary right now. There's no ligament damage there's no structural damage uh he banged knees in the preseason with Mario Chalmers of Memphis uh, it's a sore bone bruise and at 32 years old they want to err on the side of caution with Chris Paul they want him fresh and healthy come playoff time and so they're going to allow this knee to get back to 100% before they put him
1: back on the floor. All right, so no concerns about the severity of the injury, but any concerns about whether or not he can physically withstand the rocket style of play?
3: That's been a question asked around the league, especially that opening night victory over Golden State. When people are looking at Chris Paul playing at a speed he hasn't played at in a very long time. They walked the ball up in L.A. They're going to play Mike D'Antoni's system in Houston, uh, with or without Chris Paul, and so it's incumbent on the organization to make sure that it doesn't take uh, a physical toll on Chris Paul, Uh, but this is new territory for him playing at this speed, and and that that certainly plays into why they're being cautious, and you're going to see him sit from anywhere from two to maybe even four weeks
1: now. All right, Woj in Philadelphia with the latest from Houston. No Woj bombs on injuries. No more Woj. Coming up at 7 on ESPN, a battle between the King and the Phenom coming for his crown as the game's best player. First of four meetings this season between LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo. With Out of Shape, LeBron coming off a 29.16 rebound, nine-assist performance, an opener against the Celtics, and Greek Freak going for 37 and 13 boards the next night against Boston. Cassidy Hubbard is in Milwaukee. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But how much is the city buzzing tonight? And I know it's early, but what would a win over the Cavs mean for these young bucks?
4: You, you say it's early, but but the hype train has been full steam heading into the season. Takes a part to some future Hall of Famers with Kobe Bryant challenging Giannis to be MVP, and then Kevin Durant taking it a, a step further saying he could possibly be the best to ever play. And then I asked LeBron James what he thinks of Giannis, and he says he's on the path to greatness. But I will tell you, Jason Kidd, he said, you know, Giannis, even though he appreciates these compliments, it's kind of the furthest thing from his mind, because unfortunately Giannis' father passed away at the end of September due to a heart attack, and you know, he's dealing with a lot of tough times. That Actually, the day of uh, that he passed away, his father, him and his brothers, they went to the Bucks practice facility and actually played basketball in his honor, because he said that's what made his father most proud of him. So, you know, he's dealing with a lot. He, he, He likes his expectations. Obviously, he's able to still Perform given the the performance we saw him have in Game One, Jason Kidd says he always raises the level. Now we're going to hold him to that standard that he that he played to in Game One. So Giannis dealing with a lot of praise and yep. also some 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 struggles here personally.
1: Okay, now what are the Cavs though? Cassidy saying about their if you will their chemistry project? How that's coming along? Talking about integrating uh, Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wayne uh, Dwayne Wade, excuse me, into that starting lineup.
4: Yeah, you know, obviously we've been following this team, you know, all off season. But it, I gotta say, even for me, it was a little jarring walking in to shoot around this morning, just seeing all of the different faces. And that's what Ty Lue said. It's just learning all of these different players and and who works together well. And obviously, the biggest headline is is J.R. Smith saying that he was hurt by moving to, uh, you know, coming off the bench. But but Ty Lue said this is going to be a very fluid situation. I mean, even they're gonna they're starting. Kevin Love at the five right now, but it, you know, as soon as IT comes back, that's going to move. He's also just within his rotation changing a couple of things. JR, he comes in right away, but it's that, and then D Rose goes out, and D Rose comes back with the second unit right away. So he's really just trying a lot of things. He wants D Wade to bring the ball up instead of LeBron. So really, it's just learning his team and figuring out what happens, you know, what works best. And that makes sense given it's just the second game of the season.
1: Certainly, no shortage of storylines in Milwaukee for Cavs, Bucks. Cassidy Hubbard will be working the sidelines. Looking forward to hearing more of your insight, starting at 7 Eastern on ESPN. Thanks, Cass. Thanks, Ryan. There it is, right there. All right, so that number three is I'm saying, and you can, we can run this back at the end of the season, that this season, at the end of this season, Greek Freak we'll will the, vault into that conversation into the among five. the best handful of players in the NBA. So here's why I was so high on Giannis taking such a major leap this season as Antetokounmpo led the Bucks in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals last season, becoming the first player to lead his team in each category since LeBron James in 2008-2009. And oh, by the way, Greek Freak was the first player in NBA history to finish a season in the top 20 in total points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Stephen A., LeBron maintains that his ankle and foot injury have prevented him from being in his best shape. Now, you and I were talking Tuesday night when he was a game-time decision, and all he did was go out and get 29-16-9 and against Kawhi, uh, Kawhi, uh, Kyrie Irving. Excuse me. I bring that up because now he gets the young guy that everybody is raving about. How much do you think LeBron is relishing the opportunity to send a message to the Greek freak that this is still the king's world?
5: Well, I'm going I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think anybody's relishing the opportunity to go against the Greek freak. I mean, this kid is <laughs> six feet eleven. He's long. And this is the big thing that nobody that that people are not bringing up enough about uh, the Greek freak. He loves to defend. Usually you see the stars and they are recognized as stars because of their prowess on the offensive end of the floor. This dude is 6'11". He's got a long wingspan and loves to defend. The impediment or the weakness of his game is his three-point shooting. Only shot 27% from three-point range last year, Michael. That's his issue. Because he can't step away from the basket and really drill those kind of shots, you don't fear him in that regard. You're able to lay off him, and that sort of limits and minimizes the potent of his offensive game, and he's still doing what he's able to do. So just imagine if he really develops that perimeter shot on top of everything else he brings to the floor, not just offensively but defensively. Then you're looking at the best player in the game, but not yet.
1: Yeah, still only 23 years old. So when you look at the East and what happened to Gordon Hayward in Boston, uh, how high do you think the Bucks can finish in the standings this season?
5: Uh, anywhere from, 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 from three – to six. Um, I see them being the top six seed easily could definitely be top four or five, uh, but they could challenge for the three spot. I just look at uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. You got to look at John Wall and Bradley Beal in the nation's capital for Washington. You can't ignore Toronto because of Lowry and DeRozan and the regular season, And in fact, over the course of 82 games. Everybody doesn't always show up. But those are the three teams that Milwaukee can squeeze into the equation, into the grand scheme of things because of the Greek freak. I would sit up there and say the best possible scenario for them, however, based on their roster. Would be a three seed.
1: All right, we're looking forward to the, the freak show, if you will, coming up at 7 on ESPN. I'm sure you'll have thoughts after that. And seeing if LeBron lets the young buck know it's still my game. Stephen A. Smith always See on you. his game. Appreciate you, brother. 26
5: consecutive losses. A judgment day is not today? 10
6: and 72. Is there anything the Sixers love? Brad thinks he can't play very much. And
2: again, Joel is on the wood. Simmons has been
5: ruled out for the season. We're on a three to five year plan.
1: I imagine it's been a long time since the Sixers' loss felt so good. Ben Simmons said it felt like he was playing and being too kidded the other night in D.C. Joel B felt well enough to handle 27 minutes. Robert Covington was feeling it from deep. And Foles did enough to make Sixers fans feel better about him coming off the bench. On top of all that, they had their chances, but they threw it away. So that was Wednesday night in D.C. Tonight's the night, Sixers fans have been waiting for a home opener at the Wells Fargo Center at 7 against the Celtics. Sal Palantonio, the picture of versatility. Now, listen, I built this process bandwagon, Sal, but since you're a Philly guy, I saved a seat just for you. All right, now, given how the Eagles are flying high, the process show in progress, what's the electricity like in your town tonight?
7: Well, Michael, I jumped off the Wentz wagon at Broad and Patterson Flipped off my number 11 jersey, and here's what I got. Oh. Check out the sheet t-shirt. Welcome I'm to the moment. I'm you gonna, got one for like, me? Oh, I'm going to take large. one of these. I'm going to ship it to you back to Bristol. I'm going to get one for you. I got one. I got you covered. And the, the excitement in this town with the Eagles across the street and Ben Simmons healthy and Joel Embiid playing of 27 minutes in the opener against the Wizards. This team, with the number one pick, Markel Falls, this team right now is lighting it up in terms of excitement here for the first time. The home opener tonight against with the season town. There's electricity in the air. They've got 14,000 plus season tickets sold. So there is absolutely palpable excitement for the 76ers in philadelphia
1: now that guy right there Joel Embiid, 27 minutes in the opener playing tonight uh but not yet cleared for back-to-back so we'll not play tomorrow against toronto i'm wondering sal like who did you have to march in their office and say hey look uh take me off the nfl for right for tonight i'm going to see my sixers home opener in philly like wh- whose office did you barge into and demand this assignment i'm proud of you
7: Listen, I haven't covered a Sixers game since A.I. back in the day. How about that? So, listen, versatility is the game, right? That's the name of the game. I watched Joel Embiid warm up, Michael. Yep. I didn't see any swelling in his left knee at all. He was moving very well. He's not clear for back-to-back games. You know, they don't know on any given night how many minutes he's going to play. He played almost 27 minutes in the opener against the Wizards. But the guy to watch in this game Uh is Ben Simmons his transition game at the number one spot saw the floor very well passed the ball well didn't have many turnovers, he's going to be the guy that, that runs this ball club. You watch.
1: Look at, look at Sal, pal. Look at look, football, basketball, all comes easy to you. As a newspaper, as a fellow newspaper man like myself, this is where you want to be a columnist at the Daily News or the Inquirer. Times like this, the Flyers are fun, the Eagles are rolling, and now you're at the Sixers game. Enjoy the process tonight, man. We appreciate you. Needless to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, it's going to take quite a turnaround for Lonzo Ball to take Rookie of the Year. If he's not careful, thanks to Snoop Dogg, they might start calling the poor kid pork chop. Pat Bev was calling that kid out like Achilles screaming for Hector outside the gate to Troy. And he never let up from letting Lonzo have it or hear about it, even in the post-game locker room.
6: I told him about the game, man, due to, you know, all the riffraffs, you know, his dad brings that uh, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna get a lot of people coming at him. You know, he has to be ready for that, and I let him know after the game, but... I'm not done. Welcome to the young ass
8: at NBA. I mean, we got blown out, so I didn't play too well.
1: You know, I liked the shots we were getting, but um, obviously, you know, a lot of us were missing tonight, and that kind of affected our defense. I don't care about everybody's winning. So um, we lost today. You know, um, just tomorrow, we got like I said, regroup, come back, and try to get a win. Now, look, fair in fairness, Pat Bev goes after everybody, but things aren't going to get any easier for Lonzo after that opener. Gets a matchup with Eric Bledsoe, then Drew Holiday, John Wall. Kyle Lowry, and Ricky Rubio. So he's got his work cut out for him. NBA insider Ramona Shelburne, uh, thankfully still working, joining the six now. So I saw your Instagram account. I woke up this morning to a a video of you talking to LeVar Ball, who was talking about his kids coming out the womb. LeVar would not stop talking last night, (laughs) even after his son got sunned. Here's what I want to know from you, Ramona. At what point do the Lakers say it was fun in the offseason? It was cute before, but mm-hmm. you're not making matters any better. You're only making it worse. The more you keep talking and 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 making yourself the story, while your son is struggling on the court, at least out of the gate. When well, do the Lakers think, step in?
9: I don't think they do, Michael. I'm serious. Like this is this is the Lakers. They don't. They like entertainment. They like. People talking about them again and whether or not it's always all positive. They've never seemed to be bothered by that. Like, I've covered them my entire career. They've never been bothered by sideshows or people being upset. I mean, do you remember when Lamar Odom was with Khloe Kardashian and Mm -hmm. they got married and they had the. I mean, they like invited them to the practice facility. They let a crew follow Kobe Bryant around for the last two years. This is what they do. And Jeannie Buss once said to me, she goes, The Lakers are the daily soap opera in, in Los Angeles. And the minute people stop talking about you, you're dead in this town. So, She's kind of embraced it. I, I, I think they're fine with it. And quite frankly, after last night, like, LeVar Ball was not the story. He just made him this, himself the story because we all went up and talked to him. Right. But he actually, in some ways, did his son a favor because we weren't talking about Lonzo going one for six and having a tough night coming out of the gate against Patrick Beverly. We were talking about LeVar and his war words with Patrick.
1: But you've had NBA players talk about wanting to go at Lonzo because of his dad talking, okay? And so I I Mm -hmm. hear you that we continue for some reason to seek out LeVar Ball's opinion. I got it. But what I'm saying is Lamar Odom could play. Kobe Bryant could play. We think Lonzo Ball will eventually be able to play and he'll be better than he showed game one. But in the meantime, in between time, I guess the only person that really matters here (laughs) is Lonzo. He never looks bothered. He always looks the same regardless. And this is his dad and he's used to him is he at all bothered because he's be, he's being charged mm-hmm. with building the big baller brand and he hasn't balled yet. You can't have a brand without a product. So is he worried right. about his dad talking so much and causing people to come at him that much harder and making it harder for him to produce? You, you understand what I'm saying?
9: I, I know exactly what you're saying, but I would I would come back at you and say, what's harder for him to live up to? His dad talking about the big baller brand, or Magic, or Magic Johnson saying <laughs> right. that his jersey's going to be in the Raptors Touche. one day? But right? that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of pressure to put on the kid. And but like, Magic you didn't know, do that last
1: night, Ramona. After, after, no, after, after he did not two, do that. One for six. Magic didn't say that he's going to the Hall that's of right. Fame tomorrow. Like. His dad continued yeah, talking.
9: Magic said, "Go Dodgers!" Last night. Okay, right. that was- I'm, not, I'm
1: not saying Levar <laughs> should panic and, and should yeah. and should, it should be and should change how he parents his son. Yeah. Far be it for me to tell him that. I guess I just wonder. When does it become diminishing returns well, for let's everybody see, involved? So let's,
9: let's go back to what Lonzo actually did last night though. Okay. okay. One for six. But you just, look, you see in these highlights you showed, he missed two layups. One was a floater, one was a layup that he just missed. So think how differently his night goes if those go in. Instead of having three points, now he's got like seven, he missed two free throws, now he's got nine. So now he's gonna have nine nine rebounds, and probably three or four more assists if his teammates made any shots. We didn't talk about Brandon Ingram going three for 15 from mm-hmm. the floor, right? We didn't talk about any of the other guys who missed shots. I'm not trying to defend Lonzo or anything like no, that. No, that's good Just context. Saying, when, I wa- when I watched him play, he looked like a kid out there going against Patrick Beverly who does that to everybody, right. but he didn't retaliate. He didn't throw him off. The only thing I saw was when he got knocked down, none of the other Lakers ran over and defended him, which I thought was more concerning than Patrick Beverly getting in his face. Okay. You know, and so I think it's kind of on his teammates at this point. If if guys, veteran point guards, are going to punk him, they have got to come back and defend that guy. Because that's supposed to be your guy.
1: No, that's all fair. It was one bad game. and certainly not <laughs> trying to overreact. And you know what? You got to respect Levar talks it when it's going well. He talks it when it's not going well. He's consistent <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> Ramona Shavar, I didn't even have to it. put a mic in his face. Yeah, by the way, He's, we he just, just talked. He just makes it <laughs> easy for us.
10: The first stop had to be the Penn State Creamery, and the reason that this is interesting is because this is the oldest university creamery in the country. I can sample the goodies. That's really, really, really good.
11: We are Penn State Dairy, dairy,
10: dairy. dairy Research Center is our fancy name for the Penn State Dairy Farm.
8: This is the machine we use to milk them, but the, not today. Today we're going to go back old school. Old school,
10: baby.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right.
10: We're milking cows on sports center.
1: Give me a second to say a few things, Marty Smith. I just want you to know that you are <laughs> You are utterly ridiculous. You've been oh, milking state college for man. all it's worth. So my question to you, Marty, is, what's the mood on campus ahead of unranked? Uh, excuse me, second-ranked Nittany Lions and their Bell Cow running backs first matchup against ranked teams this season. I can't believe it. I just asked you, what's the mood? That was terrible. That was terrible. Just, what's it Brother, like out there at State no, College? No,
10: no, 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 no. <laughs> that is not terrible. That is amazing. And I know you put some serious time and effort into that lead, bro. There was all kinds of good stuff. The utterly. Yeah. Now we got cow noises. Look, I've, I, everybody on campus has been asking me about milking that cow nobody came up with the utterly ridiculous so i give you all the props on that the mood around here quite honestly is intense everybody's talking about this game everybody's hyped for this game we're gonna have a hundred plus thousand in here where i'm standing inside beaver stadium tomorrow night and we spent time with not we didn't just milk cows and eat ice cream today we spent time with the team too and speaking with Deshaun hamilton the wide receiver here for the nittany lions who last week broke the all-time receptions record here at Penn State, said to me, I asked him about the resurgence. You know, how did you guys get back to relevant? How did you guys get back to prominent? And he said, my class, I, the seniors, the older group of players who stuck it out when it was hard, when we were ridiculed, when people criticized us, we stuck it out. And now here they are, Michael, second-ranked in the country, welcoming Coach Harbaugh and the boys into, into town. My, my boys on the EQ staff out here in Michigan, they're out here throwing bombs at Beaver <laughs> Stadium. It's going to be amazing. I just can't wait. It's my first experience with the whiteout. I can't wait to see this game.
1: All right, man. We appreciate it and thanks for the entertainment all day. The game's got a tough act to follow, given the quality of your coverage so far. <laughs> I give Michigan more than a two percent chance of winning this game, though. I'm just saying. All right. that's enough. That's enough. No 2%? more. Two no percent. That's no more. it. No more. no more. It was the milk. Two percent. Not not no. whole milk. Not a whole chance. <laughs> there you just go. A 2% there you go. We chance? love. We know Jim Arbo loves his milk. I no, love you, Martin bro. Smith. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, the Patriots. <laughs> have uh, given up 26 pass plays of 20 or more yards after allowing 44 all of last season. And if that's not enough, that Atlanta's coming to town, New England will be down a couple of corners against Stephon Gilmore, out for the second straight game with a concussion, Eric Rowe missing a third straight game with the groin injury. Meanwhile, Falcons likely to get Muhammad Sanu back. Matt Ryan on Not Looking Back to February. I think it's always going to be a part of you. I think that's every athlete, right? There's things throughout your life that motivate you uh, to be the best player that you can be and you know, get you out of bed in the morning, um, for sure. I think
3: from a from a big picture standpoint, uh, you certainly use all those kind of things as motivation. Um, you know, but honestly, it's about it's about this twenty seventeen team, seeing how good we can be, uh, seeing how well we can play offensively, seeing how we can get better from last week to this week.
1: I mean, that's that's the mindset that you have to have uh, during the regular season, during the postseason. I mean, that's you have to be locked in week to week. Coach Arm Edwards, you played in Super Bowl 15 with the Eagles, lost to the Raiders. Yes. Uh, in my hometown in the town of New Orleans. How hard is it? It is it even possible to completely put that collapse behind you when you're going up against that team. Obviously different year, different offensive coordinator, different set of circumstances, but it's still that team. Can they truly put those demons behind them, especially given how they lost these last couple of games, not running in the second half again?
6: No, that motivates you. Any anytime you had failures, anyone that has success, that's what motivates you.
1: Mm -hmm.
6: Uh, they were in a situation could have closed the game out and when that game ended could have been called world champions now they're called Super Bowl participants there's a difference there's a difference the way you say it Mm -hmm. and they know that Uh, they have a really good football team they're walking into a place that these guys when they walk into this stadium there are there are banners up in this facility. one of them was actually their banner yeah until about the middle of the third quarter and it left from that side of the field, and it's in New England right now.
1: Yeah. So this is the marquee game, the headline game, Sunday night. Uh, is this the game that you're most looking forward to this weekend? if it's not this one, then what's another one?
6: It's Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. There will be blood yeah. whenever they play. That's the one, that, that, that is the one where, where little children, don't, they don't let them watch the television set. Yeah. Because somebody might come out and hit you. Yeah. And it's going to be a physical game. The second and the third-ranked defenses in the National Football League. People fail to realize that. Mm-hmm. Not giving up a lot of points, either one of them. About the same, about 17 points a game. This is a big game for Pittsburgh. They, got, they found themselves on a roll last week. The whole offense came together. Cincinnati was in a dark place early. They make a change. They're an offensive coordinator. Now, all of a sudden, they find themselves in a position to say, you know what, we're still, we're, we're still in this. We have an opportunity now if we knock these guys off. We're sitting pretty good.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I agree with that one because Pittsburgh. As soon as you want to like them, they go and do the Pittsburgh thing and they lose a game that they shouldn't. Not saying that they, they shouldn't lose a division game to right. Cincinnati. But how, but how consistent can they that's, be?
6: And and then that's what we're looking for. Yeah. This this league in the National Football League. Every two weeks, as soon as we want to put somebody up on the mantle. Right. The power rankings. They, yeah. they disappoint us. Yeah.
1: Right. So it's, hard to, it's hard to know who's good. That's why I'm wondering whether to take the Saints seriously. That's why I left them alone in my childhood because here they go uh-huh. with a defense, a running game, Drew Brees not having to do everything. They go up to Green Bay against a, a quarterback, Brent Hundley, starting for the first time. I said when when everybody was asking about Romo and Kaepernick, I'm like, I get why Mike McCarthy is high on this kid. He's got, He's had him in the system. He's, he knows what he's made of. He, he might be coming out of nowhere, might not be highly regarded because he was a fifth-round pick. But I wouldn't be surprised if he went out there and, and, and played pretty well with that supporting cast of the end. So I want to see if the Saints can go to Green Bay and beat a team under circumstances that they're supposed to win this game. Yeah,
6: there's no doubt. And you mentioned Hundley. I mean, he's been in the system for three years. Look, this organization is all about the system, especially at the quarterback position. Right. They're going to run. They're going to do
1: what they do. They do quarterback school year-round, feel like.
6: They're going to do what they do. And you're right. This is a big moment for Hundley because he's been sitting behind. Aaron Rodgers. No different than when Aaron Rodgers sat behind number four. Oh, Dak Prescott sat behind number nine. You remember that? Mm. Just, he sat behind. Aaron Rodgers sat behind him for a couple of years. Said, okay. Then it became his team.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Appreciate you, Coach. Thank you. All right. Doing too much countdown. Let's end the week strong here. So you guys all saw the game last night. Chiefs Raiders, Marshawn Lynch running from the sideline. To protect his cousin Marcus Peters of the Chiefs. See here's what you got to understand about Marshawn Lynch. He's an Oakland Raider, but he's Oakland first, and then he's a Raider. Oakland Raider, and that's what you call town business. Getting on the bark, showing people how to pop your collar with your cousin. You gotta love beast mode. Won't be disciplined until next week uh, for bumping the official. Meanwhile, what a finish! What that three untime downs. Derek Carr ended up throwing a two yard touchdown pass to Michael Crabtree on the final play. Two straight defensive holding calls. Crazy game. They've had three one-point wins the last two years. All of them ended in Michael Crabtree touchdowns. Saved their season. I still believe in the Chiefs. Back-to-back losses, but I'm not jumping off the Chiefs bandwagon uh, just yet. Michigan State's leading rusher, L.J. Scott. He's going to play against Indiana Saturday despite his arrest Wednesday for driving with a suspended license. Except that was Scott's seventh traffic stop in two years for issues related to his license. Mark Antonio said he now has a valid driver's license. Thank goodness. Seven times, Doug? Like, you're taking some risks there. Let's just put it that way. Taking some risks. Risky was the undefeated remixing the top 50 NBA players of all time. They left Tiny Archibald, Clyde Drexler, Pistol Pete, James Worthy, and the point guard off their top 50 of all time? Nah, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I respect my colleagues. That's doing too much. Respectfully, Can't leave those cats off. Now, I respect the hustle from this Long Beach, California restaurant. They're taking heat after customers discovered that they were being served Popeye's chicken for paying $15 for what they thought would be premium chicken. I'm not going to knock the hustle because they were getting away with it. I blame the people because if you put Popeye's chicken in front of me, I know it's Popeye's. Like, I don't care where I go. I know what Popeye's tastes like. Granted, I'm from New Orleans, the original Al Copeland's Popeye's. But if you have Popeye's chicken, nobody could just pass off anything else to Popeyes. Sorry. So y'all were doing too
8: much. Welcome back to Sports Center on a beautiful evening in Milwaukee where the Bucks will have their home opener. A sellout crowd expected at the Bradley Center as they face off against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Hello, everyone, along with UB Brown, Mike Green on hand. Festive atmosphere, pomp and circumstance. Yes, indeed. High expectations for these Bucks. And as the reward, who do they get in their opener at home? The team that's been to the NBA finals three straight years and you'll be the Cavs once again clear-cut favorites in the East to make it back to the finals. But this is a much different Cavaliers team that we've seen the past three years, and it starts in the backcourt. Well, no doubt about it. There's a ton of pressure on Rose and
12: Wade to have outstanding seasons. You have three new players on the perimeter when you add Crowder. Now, just look at the 18-point shooting percent. All of that is fine, except down at the minutes. You see, not great minutes, and then also the fact that Wade only played in 60 games and Rose in 60. What must happen? They must improve their attendance as well as their three-point shooting to alleviate the double-teaming of LeBron.
8: And, of course, a big key when Isaiah Thomas returns coming over in the Kyrie Irving trade. He's expected back, or at least they're hoping, sometime in December. Of course, the reason they're still the clear-cut favorite is LeBron James, who is not really showing any signs of decline, UB.
12: No, he had a fantastic season last year, but he topped it all off in the finals against Golden State, the best team in the league. And when you look at what he did time and time again, not only the points, he averaged over 33 points a game. And then the fact that he played 42 minutes in the finals and then when you think about it first time in the history of the league 33 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, a triple-double. Never done before in the finals. Amazing.
8: And he almost had a triple-double in their opener in a victory against Boston at home on Tuesday. And he says he's woefully out of shape. Watch out once again, Eastern Conference. But certainly also watch out for this young man. Giannis Antetokounmpo, brilliant season last year. All-NBA second team off to a great start in their opening victory against the Boston Celtics. Be fun to watch this young man Michelle, as we head it to you in Los Angeles.
0: Thanks, guys. Yep, welcome inside C2H here in L.A. Chauncey Billups, Jalen Rose, Paul Pierce, I'm Michelle Beadle. You guys, we love lists. America loves lists. And our friends over at the Undefeated released their updated NBA's Top 50 Greatest Players That originated in 1996, and so now there are some additions. Five active players are on that list. LeBron, Dirk Nowitzki, Wade, Steph, and KD. Plus, our very own Paul Pierce was also added. Let me ask you this, Paul. Hard-hitting question. Do you feel you belong on this list? Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. (laughs) (laughs) We got a trick question. Seriously? Seriously? Without a
13: doubt. Come you on, know, what you, no ask? you want me re- run, re- ask me to re-ask me again? Wait,
0: but let's look at the list. 50 greatest of all time, Paul. You really believe. Hey, listen.
13: I put in a lot of good work okay. now. Come on, give me so some. You give did a little love. A I put work. a lot did. of work. Get out of there, Chris Bosch. <laughs> hey, look. Oh, that's young P. Young P out there. <laughs> well, that's the fun. Oh, no, I didn't get a chance to left. play Come with nobody right until 10 years later. Who knows? Maybe if KG was there in my fifth year, I'd be talking about four or five titles. Fair enough. Who knows? Fair enough. Um, if, if, if I guess if I'd have played with Tim
0: Duncan, I would have five titles. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to say, it would be kind of nice. Quite quite a few additions, by the way. Uh, 14, actually. Jalen, most surprising to you on the list.
11: Congratulations for being on the list. On uh, JR.com, I'm on my own top 50, whatever. Wow. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> I think Pistol Pete should be on the list.
0: Wait, so you're going – you're not uh, – but I was talking about the additions. Hello, that was a weird – sentence that it made no sense the additions though does anyone surprise you the new oh the
11: the surprising person for me is steph curry okay i think in his ninth year of course he's going to be in the hall of fame of course he's going to deserve all the accolades we're ready to give him but up to even two years ago people were already calling him the greatest point guard of all time everybody wants to be the first in front of the cycle and i get it lists are made for debate congratulations we're talking about it but I think Steph Curry will be there, but I think it's a little too early right now.
13: First of all, let me just start by saying I'm just disappointed that Gary Payton wasn't added to oh, this. Oh, my list. goodness. Okay. Nine. The glove, I agree. Nine, Nine first time. All I defense. Agree. No question. Nine. Also, I mean, no doubt. Good. There's no way that Gary Payton should not be on this list. Rolling. Mm-hmm. But the guy that I'm surprised that is on there, and it's crazy that I say this because every time I played against him, when he shot it, I thought he was going to make it every single time. Reggie Miller.
0: Interesting. Okay. Reggie Miller. All right.
13: That surprises me a little bit. Oh, whoa,
11: whoa, 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 whoa. waiting. It was like yes.
13: a delayed reaction. <laughs> okay. Yes. Reggie Miller surprises me a little bit, Jalen. Okay. Five-time All-Star. Average 18 a game. Unbelievable three-point shooter. Played a very long time. Three-time All-NBA. It surprises me to see him on this list, sir.
11: I disagree with you. Uh, I think vehemently, is that a word? Yes. Close. Because here's the thing, like, for me, when you talk about the greatest players of a generation and one of the more clutch players in the yes history of the game, you would know Mr. Big Shot. Yes, he was. And appreciate clutch. I hated Reggie playing against him. has to be on that list, no doubt.
13: Well, I, I agree with Chauncey, and I love Reggie Miller. What? He was one of my oh, favorites. Oh, man, what? But, but but listen, are we going It's here? nothing to do with Reggie Miller. We're talking about the players. When we look at the players that are on the list that got added, Ray Allen, Kobe, Steph, Tim, these guys' body of work just adds up to where I say I can't keep him off. I can't keep him. I can't. You know, it's too much. Even Steph Curry with the two MVPs, he has two titles. Two chips early. I mean, he he was the unanimous MVP, the first unanimous that we've had in the league since I don't know when. So when I look at all that, Reggie didn't make a top ten, all a top ten in the MVP voting ever in his career. He has twenty five thousand points. Yes, he put the buckets in. He was the number one three point shooter until Ray Allen. But there's like, I mean, Jalen, you said. Sorry, buddy. Who did you say? I feel like you're
0: insulted. It's okay. I mean,
13: already he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the the best three point shooter all time. So he's gonna pass Ray. Gonna, barring injury, he's on pace. Did he say gonna? He did. So (laughs) first of all, first of all, and then there's only one guy who didn't even win a title. That's on the list and that's Steve Nash. But he has two MVPs and we have him in there. So you got the two MVPs. <laughs> there are a
11: lot of guys on these both of these top 50 lists
13: that have
11: not won regular season MVPs. Oh yeah, yeah.
13: no doubt. No doubt, well, but they've won championships as the as the main guy too. As that guy. Ray Allen was not the main guy. Ray Allen was he was pretty darn clutch. I'll I tell ask you that. I know
11: was, he was. We keep going back to clutch. Reggie Miller? No, Reggie but I want I'm one name. am talking about finals. One name. we have or. 25
0: seconds or something left. Because 14 newbies got on, 14 okay. had to leave. You already said, Pistol Pete, you're, you're disappointed.
11: Absolutely. And also, man, the undefeated was picking on white guys. Wow. <laughs> it's eight, it was 18 Lions. total guys. Six white guys got removed. That's 33%. Mine was a little more biased.
13: Mine was a little undefeated. more biased. Explain yourself. a Laker fan. I said James. Don't
0: keep talking. Clive Jackson, to Michael in Bristol. Should-
13: class days.
1: Yes. I said after the PG trade, OKC was second in the West. And I believe I told you that yesterday, Russ would average a triple-double again this year. And after Russ got 21, 16 assists, and 10 boards last night, I feel like I heard a whole lot of echoes today. Look, for him with the way he plays and the talent he has around him now, it's not as hard as you might think. Uh, somebody on somebody on this show, forget who it was, looked at me like I was crazy when I said over the of that Chris Paul Leaving the Clippers made it more intriguing. In fact, said I was crazy the same with Smart Business to re-sign Blake. Whatever. Look at him now. More important, shout out to DeAndre Jordan for donating $100 a rebound to Houston's recovery. Grabbed 24 last night. I know, respect to Doc for defending the organization against CP3's criticisms. Uh Draymond Green, he will play tonight on ESPN. Uh, after all, after suffering a left knee strain during Tuesday's loss to the Rockets, the defending champs, In New Orleans, my hometown, to take on the Pelicans at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN. Over the last two seasons, Steph has averaged 36.5 on 55% from the floor and from three with three 40-point games. So get ready for the show. That's it for this show,